This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 613. Welcome in. And uh, before we do anything today, I got to tell you about our sponsor. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. Prize Picks allows you to make an entry based on player projections. And in 60 seconds, you can enter something like Travis Kelsey more than five catches, Tyreek Hill more than 100 yards receiving, and Justin Fields less than 200 yards passing. And if your picks are right, you can win money. Making picks makes games more engaging, and you could turn something like $5 into $50. Prize Picks offers quick and easy deposits. You can even use Apple Pay. And they have weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. For example, there's a weekly event called Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So put your skills to the test in daily fantasy. Go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash CLNS, code CLNS, for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. All right, let's jump in. On Monday Night Football, the Detroit Lions beat the Raiders 26-14. to And uh, the game went basically exactly the way I hoped it would because the Lions won. They're now 6-2, and and it allows an opportunity to celebrate Detroit and really just say, the Lions are awesome, man. Right now, they're the number two seed in the NFC, and uh, I am so happy to be able to say that about Detroit. Now, for me, the very best thing about this game on Monday night was watching Lions rookie running back, former first-round pick, Jameer Gibbs, have, I think, his best game of the year, kind of a breakout game, and a game that was so good it made me go, okay, Jameer Gibbs can play, we're fine. He's not a bust, he had a slow start, they were, I think, using him you know, here and there early on, David Montgomery was doing great, but turns out Jameer Gibbs looks really good, given a huge opportunity, lots of carries, he had 26 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown He also got five catches for 37 more yards. So on the day, Jameer Gibbs had 189 total yards on Monday night. The Raiders' offense as a group only had 157 yards. So that means all by himself, Jameer Gibbs had more yards than the entire Raiders' offense, which is ridiculous and insane. And uh, this game was close for a little bit. Uh, It was 9-7 in the first half. Later, it was 16-14 in the second half. I would argue that... The only times the Raiders were in this game was because the Lions allowed them to be. Right in the first half, the Lions settled for three field goals, so it made it 9-7. In the second half, Jared Goff threw a pick six. That made it 16-14. But the reality is to me that the Raiders' offense was pretty horrible in this game, and the only time they were even in the game was when the Raiders were allowed to by the Lions making mistakes. So to me, this game is all bad for the Raiders, and the reality here is that it's really frustrating watching the Raiders because they've got two really good players. They've got Max Crosby, this incredible defensive end, and receiver Devontae Adams, both of which who are really, really good players. And it's painful to watch these two good players stuck on a bad team. I find it really frustrating. Like, Max Crosby is so dang good. His effort is insane every single week, getting after the quarterback, disrupting opposing offenses, and 
seeing his talent and his his really, I mean, his effort, because again, the guy gives so much in every game. Getting after the quarterback, his motor's insane. You hear that term a lot, meaning that his effort is just really, really high. And watching that effort wasted on this bad team, the Raiders, is really frustrating. Uh, Devontae Adams is another guy. He had a drop. He wasn't perfect in this game uh, against Detroit for sure, but Devontae Adams should have had two really big long catches that probably should have been two touchdowns where Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo simply missed him deep. And you're like, ooh, that's the quarterback. Remember, the Raiders made a very intentional move to get rid of Derek Carr and bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. And the guy they brought in has been injured, not great. He's missing Devontae Adams open deep in this game on Monday night. So, you know, watching Jimmy Garoppolo struggle to get the ball to Devontae Adams is not fun. I enjoyed this game because it was fun to celebrate Detroit. They're 6-2. and two, They're second in the NFC. But the Raiders are really, really frustrating to watch on Monday Night Football. They're 3-5. and five. There's no clear sense of direction. And I said it all year, bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo really did not make a lot of sense for the Raiders. It was weird. I'm like, hey, you're a mediocre football team. And bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo just makes you maintain your mediocrity. And apparently... Raiders owner Mark Davis agreed with my assessment that, hey, the head coach isn't working, the GM isn't working, the quarterback isn't working. The Raiders have now totally changed their organization. The Raiders fired their head coach, Josh McDaniels. They fired their general manager, Dave Ziegler. They also fired their offensive coordinator, Mick Lombardi. And on top of all of that, they even announced they are benching their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. They will now be starting rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. And uh, so head coach, general manager, offensive coordinator, all fired Quarterback benched. I love this. I love all of it so very much. The Raiders were heading nowhere. It's been a disaster of a year. Their team is really mediocre. And their starting quarterback, who is mediocre, Jimmy Garoppolo, again, all he did was perpetuate that mediocrity and keep them right where they are. I've got a friend who is kind of theorizing that maybe they're tanking for Caleb Williams. I don't know, man. I I am a bit concerned because I don't really know what's next for the Raiders. Are they bad enough to get Caleb Williams? I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out. What I do know very clearly is that Josh McDaniels wasn't working. Dave Ziegler wasn't working. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't working. The moves that the Raiders organization has made recently, hiring Josh McDaniels, hiring Dave Ziegler's GM, those failed horribly. Getting rid of Derek Carr to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo appeared to fail miserably and the guy I feel really bad for is Devontae Adams. Now, I have got crocodile tears for the guy because he's making millions of dollars. Good for him. It's hard to feel too bad for a guy who's got a really cushy life and gets to play in the NFL. However, remember, uh, Devontae Adams got traded from Green Bay to the Raiders and was excited to be there. He signed a five-year contract extension to play with his quarterback, Derek Carr. Remember, he played with Derek Carr in college at Fresno State. Then after one year with Derek Carr... His general manager ran Derek Carr. His coach, Josh McDaniels, the GM, Dave Ziegler, they ran Derek Carr out of town. They said, we don't want Derek Carr anymore. He's out. So they fired the guy that made Devontae Adams want to be in Vegas. And then now eight games into this year, the dudes who made that call are now gone. And it just all feels like a waste. You, you, it's like, man, we allowed these guys to run the Raiders organization. They got rid of the quarterback that made Devontae Adams happy. They got rid of Derek Carr. The move they made was horrifying and bad. Not that Derek Carr is this legendary great quarterback. He's had his own issues. But man, um, who won the breakup between Derek Carr and the Raiders? Right now, Derek Carr won that breakup because he's the guy who still has a job. It's pretty sad. And again, I go back to this. I feel really bad for Devontae Adams. He's stuck in Vegas on a team that is going nowhere. 
with a quarterback who isn't helping him. I remember, I think part of why he wanted to go to Vegas was that he wanted to have a shot at a Hall of Fame career. He saw the tea leaves that Aaron Rodgers was getting ready to retire and said, where can I go play with a really good quarterback who's going to get me the football and allow me to put up really big numbers to kind of build a career towards having a Hall of Fame resume? Uh, well, they got rid of the guy who was helping him do that, Derek Carr. Now he's stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo and Aiden O'Connell. No idea who his coach is going to be next year. And I just maintain, I feel really, really bad for Devontae Adams. All right, let's talk about Will Levis. Uh, Titans rookie quarterback Will Levis on Sunday made his NFL debut, and the dude was awesome. He was 19 for 29, passing at 238 yards, four touchdown passes, and zero turnovers on the day. Uh, Two of the touchdown passes Will Levis threw, I thought, were receiver DeAndre Hopkins making a play. Kid a deep ball down the left sideline where, you know, DeAndre Hopkins made a really good play. Beat man coverage did most of the work. His second touchdown throw was a throw kind of behind DeAndre Hopkins that uh, DeAndre Hopkins made a great catch on and made a big run after the catch to go get a touchdown. And on the day, he actually threw three touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins. Touchdown number three was a throw that uh, a deep ball where DeAndre Hopkins got behind everyone for a long touchdown. It was beautiful. It was fun. But touchdown number four is the one that, for me, really stood out and made me go, oh, this guy is awesome. It was a throw where Will Levis was moving right, flipped the ball back across the field left for a long touchdown, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Here's what stands out about Will Levis from his first game. The dude has a heck of an arm. The ball comes out beautifully with so much velocity, and it made me excited because it's only one game. Again, it's only one game. I don't want to overreact and say, Will Levis is the future franchise quarterback in Tennessee. Like we look, it's it's one really good game. I don't want to freak out and monumentally overstate a bunch of stuff. But I will say, man, Will Levis didn't have a lot of turnover worthy throws. He didn't really put the ball in harm's way. He read the defense really well, put the ball in the right spot basically every time. And I honestly did not realize the Titans offense could look the way it did on Sunday, where they are. Throwing deep balls, beating man coverage, throwing the ball all over the field. I really didn't realize that they were capable of that. Remember, Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill has played in six games this year, and in six games, he only threw two touchdown passes. In his first ever NFL start, Will Levis threw for four. He doubled the total of the former starting quarterback Ryan Tannehill in just one game. I don't know, man. I don't want to freak out. I don't want to proclaim Will Levis the franchise quarterback in Tennessee. It's been one game. I've seen a lot of guys have one really good game, and do nothing after that. Like Mike White, for example, had a really good game for the Jets. You know, like, was it last year? Was it already last year? It's really time is flying by. I have no sense of time anymore. But we saw Mike White once have, like, this incredible game against the Cincinnati Bengals, throw a bunch of touchdowns, and look what happened to him. He's not a franchise quarterback. He's the backup in Miami. You know, I don't want to freak out over a player having a great game, but certainly what's really cool, Will Levis plays on Thursday Night Football this week against Pittsburgh. That's going to be fun to watch, see how he does and what I feel about Will Levis right now is that I have hope. And, and I have hope for the first time in quite a while, Tennessee might have found a franchise quarterback. And uh, I just want to say, I think it's so cool to feel a sense of hope about Tennessee on offense at the quarterback position. There's a long season to go. I don't want to freak out. He still has got more to prove. But I do think Will Levis basically had the perfect start. He, you know, the best start he could have possibly had for his NFL debut. Four touchdown passes, moving the ball doubling the touchdown total on the year, throwing the football for Tennessee. It's really cool to see. And uh, I, I think that 
man, if you can teach this guy to read defenses, which already looks like he's got a head start on, he's running their system really well. The arm talent is a thing that Will Levis does that you can't replicate. Like his ability to throw the football and the way he does with such ease, not a lot of guys can throw the football the way he did on Sunday. And uh, I find that really, really exciting. By the way, uh, Falcons quarterback Desmond Ritter was outstanding in this game. He was so good, in fact, that Atlanta thought they needed to take him off the field to take a break to protect other teams from him. He was so good that the Falcons were like, you know what, Desmond Ritter, we just need to bench you for the rest of the year. We're just so worried. You're dominating so much. We got to protect other teams from you. So yeah, um, if you can't tell, I'm being sarcastic. Desmond Ritter has been benched. Desmond Ritter is no longer the starting quarterback in Atlanta. He's been replaced by Taylor Heineke. So Taylor Heineke is now the starting quarterback in Atlanta. And uh, I feel like it was only a matter of time. It's not a shock. It's just, uh, it's just bad news if you're a Falcons fan. All right, uh, let's talk about the trade deadline. A bunch of moves happened during the NFL trade deadline. Number one, the Seattle Seahawks traded for defensive end Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams was on the New York Giants. In the trade, the Giants got a 2024 second-round pick and a 2025 fifth-round pick. Not going to lie to you, I wanted to see Seattle trade for Daniil Hunter from Minnesota or Brian Burns from Carolina. I would have given up a first-round pick for either of them, quite honestly. I think a first-round pick for Brian Burns, total steal. Like, you're getting a player that you cannot find talent-wise in the draft in the first round. Seattle, though, uh, only gave up a second and a fifth-round pick. They got Leonard Williams, and to me, that's not as good as having Brian Burns or Daniil Hunter. But still, what I'm glad to see is that Seattle made a move to make their defensive line even better. And that's what I like to see. Seattle's trying to improve their pass rush. That's something that, to me, is really kind of the last missing piece on the Seattle football team. I don't know that I love Leonard Williams. We'll see. Like, again, Daniil Hunter, Brian Burns, those are the guys I wanted to see them trade for. Maybe neither was actually on the trade block. Maybe, you know, they tried to and it wasn't possible. This was the best move they could make. As far as that goes, I like to see this. I like to see Seattle making a move to make their defensive line better. And generally... It makes me happy to see teams acquiring defensive linemen who... Defensive linemen are so valuable in today's NFL. Think about this game. We live in a passing league, a world where the NFL is a passing league. Quarterbacks are the most important position in football. The player that attacks a quarterback and really neutralizes a good quarterback is a defensive end. So finding Seattle, uh, seeing Seattle find a new defensive end to make their team better makes me really happy. Um, I will say Leonard Williams is 29 years old. He only has a sack and a half this year. That's not great. Uh, back in 2020, he had 11 and a half sacks, so he's capable of good football, but that was a couple of years ago now. I'm, I'm skeptical but optimistic. I'm, I'm hoping that Leonard Williams can make the pass rush better in Seattle. Now, the crazy move that surprised me and, frankly, interests me the most is that the 49ers traded for defensive end Chase Young. That same Chase Young that in 2020 was a number two overall pick he was a borderline bust in Washington, and I'm not going to lie. I have no idea how this is going to work out, but that's part of why it's fun and interesting. I love when I don't know how a story is going to end. Chase Young tore his ACL in 2021, and he hasn't played as many games as a guy normally would have going into it. This is his fourth year in the NFL. He's missed a lot of games because of that injury, but in 34 games in his NFL career, he only has 14 sacks. That's not outstanding. I thought at times he was often underperforming for Washington. And the 49ers gave up a third round pick to get him, which to me, 
fair value. You know, it's it's a not a first round pick. You're giving up a. I mean, a third round pick can become a starter for sure, but I think Chase Young will be a starter for them, and it's low risk, high reward. Because if Chase Young could reach his potential as a defensive end, my gosh, a third round pick is going to be an absolute steal. And he's going to be playing with a loaded group. He's got Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Randy Gregory, meaning there are great defensive linemen around him, which are going to give Chase Young really good matchups in one-on-one situations. So I think Chase Young is being put in a position to do well. I think the 49ers making a move to go get him, giving up a third-round pick for Chase Young, even though he's been underwhelming and there's bust potential here. He may not work out. He, he has not been great like he wanted was expected to be in Washington. But, uh, you know, the 49ers made two moves at the trade deadline, trading for Randy Gregory, then now Chase Young. I didn't think either was possible, quite honestly. I can't believe the 49ers added two players to what's already a really good defensive line. And it's just kind of a terrifying thought. Imagine playing Nick Bosa on one side, Chase Young on the other. Oh, yeah, by the way, you got Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave inside. It's kind of horrifying. And I'm just, I'm hoping that Chase Young can go to the 49ers and become a really good really big impact player because I, I thought Manny had so much potential coming out of college and so far in my opinion he's been kind of a bust so I'm really hoping that he's not a bust I'm hoping that he goes to San Francisco and kills it and it's fantastic and becomes a true legitimate really good defensive end in the NFL uh, and does stuff that we haven't seen so far from him in Washington now the Washington Commanders blew up their defensive line I have been saying for weeks now that that group of guys was kind of underwhelming um, given they had four first-round picks on their defensive line, I was like, hey, where is the high-level pressure? Where is the the sacks? Where is the ability to get after opposing quarterbacks? It really hasn't happened. And Washington, I think, agreed. They kind of gave up on that group. They got rid of Chase Young. The Commanders also traded away defensive end Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat got traded to Chicago. Uh, Washington got a second-round pick for him. So Washington gets a second-round pick. Montez Sweat is now a Chicago Bear. And I'm not going to lie to you, from Chicago's perspective, I don't hate this move. I find it a little bit baffling because, you know, why did Chicago do this? Um, I think Chicago continues to invest in their defense, which feels like the exact opposite of what they need to do. They've got this really talented young quarterback, Justin Fields, and I think they need to spend money and free agency money and trade whatever. You got to make moves to support your young quarterback, Justin Fields. Remember, this offseason— the Bears' big moves they made were adding in free agency two linebackers, TJ Edwards and Terrell Edmonds. And I went, or Tremaine Edmonds, excuse me. And I remember thinking, like, how does that make your team better? It doesn't help your young quarterback. Are you missing the point? Like, your entire focus as a franchise right now has to be on your young quarterback, Justin Hills, and making him succeed. I will say, though, Montez Sweat isn't terrible. He's got six and a half sacks this year. He does make Chicago better. It is funny to me that, you know, again, Chicago keeps investing on defense when it feels like they really need to support their young quarterback, Justin Fields. But I don't know. I don't want to rip Chicago here because adding a defensive end is the move to make if you're going to try to make your defense better at all. And I think a good pass rush can really improve the rest of your team and the rest of your defense. I don't hate it. Again, I'm not going to attack Chicago here. I don't think you really ever are I just don't think it's too big of a risk to add a good pass rusher it's not a terrible thing I do wish they were you know there were other players available I think they could have made a move for to make their offense better which I feel like is what they really need but I think the biggest reason I'm hesitant to embrace the Montez Sweat trade is that I just don't trust Bears general manager Ryan Poles at all 
Um, I, I don't you know, philosophically adding a defensive end is the right move. I like it. I just again, I've been so unimpressed by the moves Ryan Poles has made so far during his career as the Bears general manager that I'm like, okay, we'll see. We'll see if it works out. But I'm hopeful that the Bears got a good one. And um I, I just I don't I don't know how this is gonna help them win football games this year. I don't know that Gosh, we'll see, man. I really, I really hope I'm wrong. I hope that Montez Sweat makes a huge impact and is a home run. But I just think the Bears lose. They've lost sight of what their focus has to be on, which is their young quarterback. You got to do everything you can to help your young quarterback succeed. And if you do that, you're going to win a lot. And uh, all these moves on defense feel like a distraction. I'm like, what are we doing, man? I don't. Okay. Uh, now the Minnesota Vikings traded for quarterback Josh Dobbs. This, to me, was a response to Kirk Cousins tearing his Achilles. Remember, Kirk Cousins, their quarterback, is out for the year. Josh Dobbs is a decent veteran quarterback. He started eight games this year so far for Arizona, threw eight touchdowns, had five interceptions, did some good stuff. I like Josh Dobbs as a person and as a leader. And the only other quarterback right now in Minnesota is fifth-round pick rookie out of BYU, Jaron Hall. So I have no doubt that in time— Josh Dobbs is going to become the starting quarterback in Minnesota. They brought him in to be their starting quarterback, quite frankly. Uh, Jaron Hall, I doubt, is ready to be a starter. Um, What's interesting, though, Arizona traded for Josh Dobbs during the preseason. He was filling in for Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray is ready to come back, so they're getting rid of Josh Dobbs, moving him out. Minnesota got Josh Dobbs and a 2024 seventh-round pick. Arizona got a 2024 sixth-round pick from Minnesota for Josh Dobbs. And the guy I feel kind of bad for here is Josh Dobbs himself. Um, this is crazy, but it's the third team Josh Dobbs has been on since the year started. Early in the preseason, he got traded for, I guess not even early. It was like middle of the preseason, kind of late in the preseason. He got traded from Cleveland to Arizona. And then now, eight weeks into the year, he's been traded from Arizona to Minnesota. So again, going from Cleveland to Arizona to Minnesota in the span of like three months is insane. And we give all these young quarterbacks so much time to learn a new offense and gel with a system. And like, we're like, ah, young quarterbacks, give him three years. He's not, he's got to learn the system. Josh Dobbs has been expected to play with only days of notice learning a new system. And the guys had to move around a ton. I don't know. I just feel kind of bad for Josh Dobbs. He's had this weird journey, Cleveland, Arizona, now Minnesota, all within the span of like three months. I mean, I, I just really... I think the fact that he's expected to play well in a new offense literally days after being traded is something that deserves respect because he's actually, I think, all things considered, did very well in Arizona given that situation. And I think given what they got at receiver in Minnesota, he could do a decent job. Not great. He's not going to be a home run hitter. He's not amazing. He's got a limited arm. There's all these little asterisks you got to put next to Josh Dobbs' name. But I like him. He's fun. And... um you know, I, I, I find myself rooting for him everywhere he goes just because of his story, because of who he is, the way he carries himself. And you got to admire a guy who's had to move that many times in the span of three months. That's a lot. And uh, learning a new system in the NFL is not easy and not something I would want to do at all. Now, the Jaguars have traded for left guard Ezra Cleveland from Minnesota. So Minnesota got rid of their left guard Ezra, Ezra Cleveland. The Jaguars now have a new starting left guard. Uh, they made this move to make their offensive line better. I like it. And uh, in return, Minnesota got a 2024 sixth round pick. Finally, the last one I want to talk about, the Detroit Lions traded with Cleveland for receiver 
Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think this is actually very interesting for Detroit. Donovan Peoples-Jones is six foot two, kind of a solid receiver. Um, last year, the dude had 61 catches for 839 yards. He just really wasn't getting used this year in Cleveland at all. And uh, Detroit gave up a 25-6 six-round pick to go get him. And Detroit needs help at receiver. Marvin Jones Jr. recently walked away from the game, uh, at least stepped away. Whatever that means to deal with personal issues, I, I don't really know what's happening with Marvin Jones. I think on kind of low-key, this is a good move to add depth at receiver for Detroit. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is also only 24 years old, so he could come in and be a solid contributor and maybe long-term could become a decent player for them if they sign him a new contract and keep him in Detroit. He's young enough. There's legs on his career where he could play for maybe if they like him and they can keep him financially, which I think is very possible, um, he could play the next six years in Detroit very happily. I think he's going to be a great addition there and a good role player at receiver who could have a couple key catches in big moments. And uh, I think this is a very... Donovan Peoples-Jones is not a popular name in the NFL, but he's actually a pretty good receiver. And I think it's kind of a low-key good move by Detroit to bring in a guy who can contribute and do some good stuff for them, maybe for years to come. So that's a trade deadline. Um, Let me know what moves surprised you the most. Uh, I thought that the Chase Young trade, really, the Washington Commanders blowing up their entire defensive line was surprising. I'm so happy to see Josh McDaniels get fired um, not because I hate him, just it wasn't working. And I think that's, you know, you see the Raiders are willing to fire their head coach when things aren't working. But for some reason, uh, the Chargers refuse to make a change at head coach. That's baffling and confusing to me. Um, Leonard Williams is a bit underwhelming for Seattle. I think they could have got better uh, from a defensive end. Maybe I think Montez Sweat would have excited me more, frankly, than Leonard Williams. But I've got an open mind there. And uh, man, Will Levis, you guys. Will Levis looked frankly, really good. I uh, I don't, I get, I, I'm very cautious here. I don't want to overreact and proclaim Will Levis, the next great quarterback in the NFL. Nothing like that will happen from me. I'm, I'm very, I'm very cautious with my takes these days, but um, dude, Will Levis did some good stuff and his arm like is watching Will Levis throw the football is so much fun. I'm just like, wow, look at that football. Look at that spiral. Look at the way it comes out of his hands. Oh my goodness. And, uh, you know, Will Levis plays a really good Steelers defense on Thursday night. That's going to be interesting. But, uh, yeah, let me know what you think. Which trade deadline move spoke to you? What do you think of Will Levis? And uh, are you excited for uh, Thursday Night Football to watch Will Levis once again? I think it's kind of a gift from God. We get to watch him on Prime Vision, so we get to see the defense is playing against Will Levis in his second NFL start. I really couldn't ask for a better way to watch Will Levis play, frankly. I love I love watching games on Amazon because of Prime Vision, and... Uh, Thursday Night Football is going to be really, really fun. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Hope you have a great day. Short episode today. Uh, I am, how do I even say this? I'm going through some stuff, figuring it out. So I'm doing the best I can. You'll see me tomorrow for uh, fantasy football. We got another show planned for Friday. I love you. I appreciate you. Hope you have a great day. And uh, ba-dum-bum, bam, we are done.